following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. I'm going to uh, send it over now to Bob for our pre-sermon reading. And I'll give you this instruction as you um, hear that reading, which is to take note of which phrases, which lines in that reading really resonate with you. I'm going to ask you about that in a little while. So uh, let's send it over to Bob. Uh, good morning, Artisan Church. Um, this reading is from the prophet Jonah, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 and 7 through 10. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. As my life was ebbing away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who worship vain idols forsake their true loyalty, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to the fish, and it spewed Jonah out. Upon the dry land. Hmm. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bob. Um, so I want to start this morning um, with a quick question for you. And uh, by the way, if you haven't noticed, we're trying to get our services on Zoom a little shorter. I know it's hard to pay attention to a Zoom screen for as long as we've been uh, trying to pay attention. So sermons are hopefully shorter and more interactive, and we're, we're shooting to get these services down to 45 minutes. So tell your friends if they're like, I don't like being on Zoom. It's too long. It's boring. I can't pay attention. I'm making a funny voice as if that's a bad thing to say. <laughs> I would feel the same way. But um, we are trying to get a little shorter and a little bit more engaging. So that's the plan. Uh, so I want to start in that spirit with a question, which is, how have your prayers changed during this season? You know, since uh, since we've really been kind of in the thick of the um, coronavirus pandemic response. Um, and now you can give an open-ended an answer to that in the chat. You can say whatever you want about your prayer during this season. And there's no wrong answer. Don't feel ashamed if you have something that you're not proud of. We all want to hear... Um, what your response is. But if you don't have an open-ended response, maybe you could just answer um, one of these questions. Have you been praying more often or less often? Have you been praying shorter or longer prayers? Have the words uh, been easy to find or more difficult to find relative to before this time? So you can answer any of those questions or you can just throw a, a thought into the chat about what has prayer been like for you during this time? Uh, much more lamenting lately, Scott says. Shorter, more frequent, and lacking words. Now, some people answer only part of the question when I ask a multi-part question, and other people answer every part of it. <laughs> Scott is an answer-every-part-of-it type of guy. 
But don't don't let that shame you from only answering part of it if you only want to answer part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dell says what Scott said and more contemplative. Kira says shorter, less frequent, and harder to feel like it's doing anything. Um, I see some nodding from the people who have your videos on. Yeah. Colleen says less frequent. Yeah. <laughs> Dog says less praying for others and feeling like losing touch. Yeah. Yeah. Jolene says yes to that. Any other thoughts on how prayer has been different for you during this season? Denise says, more listening and less talking. Um, that is some spiritual wisdom. More distracted. More heaven help us. Um, Kristen says, for me it depends on the day. Some days I have nice long chats with God. Other days it's short or I'm at a loss to find the words I want to say. Bethany says, simpler Asking the Lord for grace to be okay with accomplishing the small things. Yeah, that's the prayer, not only of someone in a pandemic, but um, someone with a new baby. <laughs> I received a private um, response here that says, prayer feels non-existent. It's hard to pray sometimes when it doesn't feel like it will help anything. Thank you for sharing that. So you can keep having that conversation in the chat if you want. I'm going to need to um, turn my attention uh, uh, away from the chat, but don't let that stop you from continuing to talk about it. I want to talk together about the story of Jonah today. Um, Jonah's story is pretty commonly known. It's one of those um, Bible stories. I have to come up with a name for this, but it's one of those stories that almost everybody knows whether or not you've ever been to church or studied the Bible at all. At least part of it is. Um, so you know the story that God tells Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh. Jonah doesn't want to go, so he charters a boat to a different city, um, a fancier city probably, um, a more enjoyable destination. Um, while he's on the boat, the, the boat encounters a violent storm, and the sailors decide that it's Jonah's fault. And he actually agrees with them. He says, yep, uh, I'm to blame for this. And he tells them, throw me overboard. <laughs> Uh, and then the storm will stop. And that's what happens. They throw him overboard and the storm stops. And all of the sailors have this um, kind of conversion experience on the boat. And then the part of the story that everybody knows is a, a whale or a large fish or a sea monster, depends on your translation, swallows Jonah up. And he's three days in the belly of the beast, three days in the belly of the whale. And after those three days, it spits him up on shore, and he decides that, you know what, Nineveh actually seems like a good idea. Um, I think I'm going to go there after all. <laughs> so that's the, that's the part of the story that um, everybody knows. But what's really interesting is that's only the first half of the book. So I encourage you to read the rest of the book of Jonah sometime 
or as somebody said in the pre-service meeting, um, watch the Veggie Tales <laughs> version because it does tell the whole story. Um, uh, the other thing that's really interesting is that the part of this, the story that I just recounted for you, which is the part that most people know, actually skipped over an important part of the book, which is that while Jonah is in the belly of the fish, he prays a prayer. Now, that's what you heard Bob read just a moment ago, is part of Jonah's prayer while he's in the belly of the beast. And this prayer, I think, ought to be of great interest to us in this season of life. So, um, before I go on and explain what I mean, I thought it might be nice to hear from some of you uh, answers to the question that I posed before the reading, which is, what phrases or lines in that prayer resonated most with you? Um, are there any words or phrases that really stood out to you when you heard that prayer being read? I'll give you a minute to, to type those in if you, if you had that thought. And um, maybe I'll read a few lines from it while, while we wait for that. I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. A few phrases that you um, might not have heard because they were skipped in the reading. The waters closed in over me. The deep surrounded me. All your waves and billows passed over me. As my life was ebbing away, I remembered the Lord. My prayer came to you into your holy temple. Hmm. Closed in. Somebody says closed in was the phrase that stood out. Yeah, that's a powerful image. Well, um, whatever may have resonated with you, I want to make one simple observation about this prayer of Jonah, and then I'll talk about why it matters. And um, that is this. Jonah did not make this prayer up. Jonah didn't make this up. In what was almost certainly the most distressful moment of his life, Jonah prayed. But he didn't just cry out whatever came to mind. Now, Jonah's prayer was based on the Psalms. As a matter of fact, hardly a single word of this whole prayer was original to Jonah. Every single line of the prayer of Jonah in the belly of the fish was lifted from the book of Psalms. It was a copy and paste job. It was like he scanned his memory banks and pulled out the lines that were most appropriate and put them together to make this prayer. Now, I don't have time to go through the whole thing here for you. But I do want to, I have uh, put a couple of them on a, on a slide here. And let me see if I can show you this. Um, let's see, where is it? All right, where is it? There we go. So um, here is just a few examples. Now this, if you look at the left side of the screen from verse 2 of that prayer, I called out to the Lord, 
I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. And you look right below that on my screen, you see Psalm 18.6, which says, In my distress I called upon the Lord. To my God I cried for help. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Another example in the next verse of Jonah's prayer, verse 3, You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Now that sounds very specific to Jonah's situation, doesn't it? And yet, Psalm 42, 7, Deep calls to deep at the thunder of your cataracts. All your waves and your billows have gone over me. And I'll give you just one more example from verse 9. This is the end of Jonah's prayer. He says, But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. And that last line of the prayer is just a repetition of Psalm 3, verse 8, which, by the way, we heard at our call to worship today. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be on your people. So, um, isn't that interesting that Jonah's, and it would, by the way, be true of the whole prayer. I only gave you three examples, but every line of that prayer comes from somewhere in the book of Psalms. So again, in the most stressful moment of his life, in his hour of deepest need, Jonah prayed, but he didn't just cry out whatever came to mind. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with just crying out to God whatever comes to mind, especially if you are in total distress. There's nothing wrong or shameful about that type of prayer. What I am saying is that Jonah's deep knowledge of the language of the Psalms was a resource for him so that he didn't have to find his own words. Now, many of you said, when I asked you how your prayers have been different, that you have had trouble finding the words for prayer. I saw some nodding in the Zoom meeting when someone put that in the chat. What a blessing it would be not to have to find your own words for prayer in a time of distress. And so what we need is a resource for our prayer life. We need a list of prayers for any occasion that we can access when we need them. And that is what the book of Psalms is. It's kind of like a break glass in case of emergency sort of thing, right? Behind this, you have this whole group of prayers that you could pull out and use whenever you need them. Um, The trick is that it only really works if you have prepared in advance. Uh, That's not entirely true. I'll get to that in a second. But it works best if you have prepared in advance. Um, St. Augustine said that the the book of Psalms was like a school for prayer. St. Ambrose had a more lively analogy. He said that the book of Psalms is like a gymnasium for prayer. Now, not everybody loves going to school, and nobody likes going to the gym. Well, except weirdos. <laughs> Probably the same people who like weeding their garden. Um, apologies to those of you who, who texted me last week and said, Hey, dummy. <laughs> I like that. Anyway, um, most people uh, maybe don't find every moment of being in the gym 
um, comfortable. It's certainly not a painless experience. Um, and it's not lost on me, by the way, that in New York State, schools and gymnasiums are reopening in the coming weeks. Um, but whether it's a school or a gymnasium, the, the meaning might be similar, that uh, you go there to learn, you go there to strengthen yourself, so that when you need knowledge, when you need strength, you have it ready. Right. Uh, let me give you a, a, one last analogy, which is, is more personal to me because I'm a musician. I think of the Psalms as like learning scales. Now, um, I don't know how many of you are musicians. I know that a lot of you are. Every musician has to learn scales. Whatever your instrument is, you have to learn how to play do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do or some version of that. And maybe you get into the more complicated scales if you're a more advanced musician. But we don't learn scales as musicians because we're going to compose a song that's just a scale, right? For those musicians among us who play sometimes improvisational music, we don't learn scales so that we can just play a scale in the middle of an improvised solo. We learn scales so that we have a language and vocabulary that we can use to create our own music. Right? And the, the portions of scales get used all the time. In every song you know, um, whatever key it's in, whatever type of music it is, you will find a certain type of scale that's, that's um, evident in that music. And if you're a musician, you know you have to learn these little building blocks so that you can put something beautiful together when the time is right. I think the Psalms are the same way for people who want to pray. Um, it's not that you're going to find that you're suddenly in a situation where Psalm 3, which is our call to worship today, is a perfect fit for your situation. Right? That's not how it works. The way it works is that you find yourself in the belly of a fish, and Psalm 3.8 works as part of your situation, right? Hopefully you won't actually have Jonah's exact experience, but you get my point, don't you? That uh, if you want to be ready to pray and not have to worry about coming up with the right words, one of the best things you can do is familiarize yourself with the language of the prayers of God's people, which only very recently has taken the form of devotional books that you buy at a Christian bookstore or something like that. Right? For centuries and centuries and centuries, God's people have used the book of Psalms as the basis for their prayer. And so, during this season, when we find ourselves uh, in the belly of the beast, in a manner of speaking, I wonder if you know enough of the Psalms to draw on them shape your own prayer. I know that I don't know enough of them. I sure wish that I had access to more of the Psalms. But here's the thing I want to come back to, which is to say, it's, it's better if you know all of that ahead of time. It's better if you've done your, um, your prayer scales or your prayer weightlifting or your prayer studies in school ahead of time so that you can access it now. But that does not mean that they're no good to you in this moment. And so if you've been struggling with how to pray, if you've been having a hard time finding the words or knowing where to go, I encourage you to try to pray the Psalms. How do you do that? 
Well, you just do it. <laughs> and you can find the full range of human emotion and experience in the book of Psalms. And if you were just open your Bible, the funny thing is usually if you open it almost exactly halfway, you, you'll, you'll be in the Psalms somewhere or very close. And you can start wherever you land and see if you find something that works for you. And if it doesn't work for you, go on to the next one. And uh, you may be surprised what you find in lots of different ways. And, and I could go into all the different um, challenges that you might be faced with reading the Psalms and trying to make them your prayer. But I think I'd rather just encourage you to give it a try. And I would love to hear from you if you try this in the coming week. I would love to know how it goes. What are your prayers like? Do you find benefit in that? Do you find challenge in it? Do you find new words? Do you find old words? Do you find it resonates with you? Do you find it's a challenge? Uh, and may it be a blessing. May God's word um, return to you um, with blessing and meaning in your life of prayer. And... Um, do let me know. I really want to hear from you. Amen. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.